Welcome to the PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller, David Wynn, and Miles Free. Hi, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller and David Wynn have joined me today, and we are going to discuss company culture. Welcome, Carly. Welcome, David. Thanks, Miles. Thank you, Miles. Well, I'm excited that we're talking about this today because we just got back from the mastery program and it was our second tour and I keep hearing the same, there's a thread, there's a common thread and it was company culture. So I thought we could share our experiences with the listeners. You know, in uh, real estate, they say location, location, location. What I learned on mastery was culture, culture, culture. It was really incredible. I mean, they were living out that if you get the culture right, then everything else falls into place. I'll I'll go biblical on on you on that. I love the location, 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 the carbon, carbon, carbon is the metallurgy. Um, There's an old uh, old, uh, uh, quote about without vision, the people perish. Yeah, that's proverb. And and I would say without culture, the company perishes. I totally agree. You know, you're going to have culture, whether it's good culture or bad culture. Your company has a culture. And when you're an active participant in deciding what your culture is going to be, that's when you get these incredible cultures. And, and that's what we saw in full display the whole round of mastery. Yes, and I think one of the things that's interesting about culture is uh, who owns the culture? And so uh, a lot of managers, I think, are deluded into thinking that they own the culture. In fact, the culture is owned by the participants in that culture. And it's our job as leaders to nurture that and sustain that. We don't own it. Well, I think that's true to a point, but I also think that the leaders are the one who, as part of their vision, set that culture and I think we saw that again and again on mastery program where um, you could tell they the companies were focused on their employees yes and what was going to make it easiest for the employees to walk into work yep to get their job done to go home and come back the next day and 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 they're they are they know that their employees are the heart of their business. So if they take care of the employees, the employees are going to take care of the business. You know, the, the leaders in an organization set the Ten Commandments of culture, and then they bring the performers in that fit that model and want to follow those, and then that's it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of culture because you, you bring in the right people, and then the right people attract more of the right people. And like Miles said, it, it the leader has to set it. Carl, Carly's right. But then on the flip side, once you've set it into motion, it is its own entity. It becomes its own thing. Yeah, and it, and it needs to be respected. Well, the employees need to buy into it. Right. You, can, you can say it's going to be one thing, but if they're not buying into it, it's not happening. Yeah. It's not happening. So I'm going to start off because our last stop is imprinted on my head, we stopped at, at AccuRounds. And 
they literally have their culture on the walls. And it's an acronym called GET IT. And it's everywhere in that shop that reminds you of what they're about and what they do. And one of the things they, they showed us was the farm. The farm, yeah, container farm. Right container farm. farm, yes, the container farm. The employees wanted healthier food. Well, instead of bringing in healthier food, they're growing it <laughs> there on the property. And the employees have such pride in that. What is it, lettuce and cucumbers? Yeah, so far, yeah. Yeah, so they're far? branching out. And then I don't know if anybody else noticed, they actually had a full garden behind the shop right. on the ground. Oh, I didn't see yes. that. Yeah, they had raised beds. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, we've, we've asked Mike Tomasi to talk about continuous improvement over and over again at our national technical conferences, but to actually walk in the shop and see it in action was just mind-blown, amazing. They truly are living the journey of continuous improvement, and you can see it and everything. And, and it's amazing. I've been through a lot of shops, and I've seen a lot of cultures. There's a lot of really good cultures out there. But the level of pride, every person I talked to in there, it was like they owned the place. I mean, we talk about that, and we get some of that. But I didn't talk to a single person in there that didn't have true ownership of everything, the whole process. It was really I mean, all the way down to people spinning the chips. They, 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 I mean, took so much pride in what they did. It was really cool. Well, and I think the cleanliness of the place reflected that too. I mean, maybe the cleanest building, any building I've ever been into, possibly including a hospital, cleanest building I've ever been into. And I think that shows the pride of ownership too. It shows the expectations. It shows the level of detail. Absolutely at the same level of the finest shops I've been in in Germany and Switzerland in terms of housekeeping. And I'm gonna, I've, I've, I'm gonna contribute a little side note here. So you saw the get it sign. Mm -hmm. David, you saw a sign. You wanna tell us about the sign you saw? Oh, the duck. Yeah, that was at Boston Centerless. Oh my, yeah. So they had this list of attributes and had the, the negative attributes and the positive attributes. And I just saw, it said, be a duck. And I'm like, be a duck. I, I, I didn't understand it. And then you look on the left side of the negative attributes and it was like, don't get overly angry. Don't let the things get to you and everything. And I was like, oh, be a duck. Let it roll off your back. And so it, Miles is right. I mean, I spent the rest of that day like, hey, be the duck, be the duck. And I, I had a lot of fun with it, but it, it when you understand what they mean by that, it's such a simple phrase. But it Well, and I, I still disagree with your interpretation. I, I'm sure you're right that it's let the water go off like a duck's back. But to me, to be a duck is to be calm on the surface and paddling like hell under the water. <laughs> and I think that's what it meant to be a duck. So between us, we probably got it covered. <laughs> but But, I mean... But that was that was a sign that it, it it made a difference and it revealed the culture and the culture was, hey, don't get derailed emotionally. Let's just yeah, stick to the knitting. 
and you know and what you're saying there though that's still the same thing that's like let the water off your back but be calm on the surface have a calm level head but be striving to the goal be pushing to the vision and and so that that still goes right there with the duck you're like you said you're paddling yeah. like crazy to get there but you're calm and cool and collected while you're getting there yeah well that also feeds into what we saw at american micro with their signs on their their values and pretty much i mean just laid it out yeah. you're this is who we are we hope you fit if you don't oh well but <laughs> this yeah. is who we are you we know to. who we are and we are collaborative and we communicate and we are kind to each other and we respect each other and you know pierre went over that with us and i thought you know those are the things you learn in kindergarten but they apply your whole life and being reminded of it is not a bad thing not, not a bad thing not a bad thing so i've i've uh i fixated like 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 david saw the duck uh, at uh accurounds I think the most important sign, I think the most telling sign, I think the most uh, insightful clue into their culture and methodology was the signs they had posted everywhere about FOD, F-O-D. I saw that, what is it? Foreign object damage. Huh? Foreign object damage, so if you're at a, if you're in the Air Force, and your jet comes in and there's gravel, and the wind currents pick up that gravel and get it into the compressor, I've just lost a jet. A foreign object damage. Damage, okay. foreign object damage. Now, we would call that 5S, but they're saying this is, this is the consequence. 5S is important, but FOD is the issue. If it's out of place, it's going to trip somebody, it's going to be the wrong gauge grab, it's going to be this or that. And here's why I say it's the most damning testimony about their culture. It's the most compelling thing is every time I looked at them doing something, it was about reducing FOD. So did they have cheap fabricated chip buckets? No, they were using the actual centrifuge buckets to collect the chips. Why? No transfer, no spillage, no FOD. They then had shrouds. They had fenders around those. No spillage, no chips going errant or airborne. Um, nobody slips, no housekeeping issues, FOD. They take those back to the spinning area, which was immaculate. Immaculate, cleanest, cleanest chip processing error area I have ever seen, ever. I, I'll sign the affidavit. They take them there, they spin them, they pull them out, and then what do they do before they send the bucket back to the machine? They sweep the bucket out. There's not even, an, uh, there's not even one residual chip in a chip bucket. I mean, they got the squeak. They got they got the hoofs, the nose, the ears, the squeak out of the pig on that. There's like nothing left in that bucket. It is just 
ready to go. I could put kryptonite in it. There'd be no contaminant. Superman could pick up the next time because there's none left. Every process I saw was focused on that level of control of material and their process. And I, 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 it was, to me, it was, it was really magical to see that one principle absolutely implemented throughout the shop. Yeah. You know, one of the other things they did that was really cool is they had mist collectors and ever, you know, a lot of shops use mist collectors, but they weren't getting the air clean enough out of the machines. So they put after filtration on the mist collectors to get it down to one micron of what they were sending back out into the air. So they had zero mist. So they were putting the air out cleaner than it came in. Exactly. Speaking of that, when we went to Varlin Plating, their water treatment system, they were putting cleaner water back in than they were getting, they from, were the getting from the city. Yeah, and it, they were very proud of that, and they should be because the, it took up a large amount of space in their shop. Absolutely. But they and nobody made sure they were taking them care to of do that. that. No, they, they've been, they were like, what was it, permit number four? Yeah. So, I mean, so they've been doing wastewater treatment for decades, way ahead of everybody else, because they had a vision for what they wanted yeah. to provide the community and serve in the community, and, and that's all part of their culture. Yeah. I was also thinking of, at Soma Tool, I was thinking of taking care of employees and uh, somebody, it might have been Eric, had read that 40% of Americans don't even have a $1,000 yes. in their savings. And so they started a savings account for each and every employee, gave them $750, and then gives them more in a, each paycheck top up. Yep. to go into that savings to use for emergencies. And here's the best part. It's not their account. It's total honor system right. that that the employees are using this for emergencies and not you know to go buy that big screen TV or something. Right. Um, but they've been noticing that the, the less stress. I mean, you really do. You, you, something's always going to go wrong. We all know right. something's always going wrong. And now their employees, that's one less stress. I mean, that's one of those outside things that I think affects their work yeah. because they don't have to worry about they, well, that. Well, they're not distracted by this existential stuff anymore. It's like, yeah, I, I can handle that. Now, let me get this radius right. <laughs> <laughs> you can really focus on it. Yeah, and it's interesting. So um, R.D. Holder, we visited R.D. Holder, and uh, they supply metalworking fluids. And you say, so well, what's the culture about with supplying metalworking fluids, but I, I thought that, you know, if there's an opportunity for there to be a dispute, did you really give me the gallonage? I mean, it's no, nobody's out there with a measuring cup, right? So how do you trust? You, you, well, you just trust the meter, right? Well, did the county auditor seal the meter? I, you know, you can get into this. <laughs> we, we went there, we're in their, in their bay, they've got these, these systems for, for loading this bulk, and Right where you put the container to fill it, you've got the meter on the hose, and the tote is sitting on a scale. 
Oh, I did not notice that. You get, you get, if there's a dispute, they've got a scale ticket that will match or won't match, in which case we now have a basis for objectively not getting into interpersonal dynamics, just here's the gallonage, here's the weight, yep, it's good to a decimal place. I'm, you know, I mean, think about just honest dealing as, as, a, as a cultural trait. Here, I'm going to take all worry about whether my scale's calibrated or my pump's calibrated. Here it is. Yeah, that's yeah. building that pokey yoke right into the process. Yeah, loved it. Well, I was just thinking about uh, community, too, and um, Bagshaw. So, you know, they're making these baseball bats, and they're making them for local. They could go national, they could try to compete right. with MLB, it's that kind of quality, but they want to keep it local, they want to serve the community, they want people to be able to afford them and to have a place to use them, and and there's definitely a, a pride there that, um, you know, that they're taking care of the community by providing that service. I mean, it's not a 501c3, don't get me wrong, but it's mission driven. Yep. It's mission driven. The bats were really cool. I'm just sorry I missed the jujitsu studio. <laughs> 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 we might have never gotten you out of there, though. So it's probably a good thing. And then Mastercam, they have a, a culture of healthy, healthy people and and taking care of their employees because the employees are the product right they're they're the ones coding they're the right. ones yeah there, there's no widgets coming out here it, it's all brain power and they they have the the bikes where you can borrow a bike or store your bicycle uh, they've got a gym with a half a basketball court in there beautiful grounds with walking trails just it's it, when you walk into that place it, it's like walking into a college campus it's very welcoming it's very uh, comfortable and i could see how you could just sit down and start because i imagine just yeah. coding all day is not an easy task <laughs> just staring at that screen all day and to be able to go shoot a basketball or lift some weights or take a ride on a bike or take a walk yeah get some fractal patterns in your head from nature i get you, it you know programming is a creative endeavor it's just like painting a picture and and that's you know that's why their campus i think is so much like a college campus is that they're there to serve the creator because we all know as creators you can't just create on command Sometimes you've got to go take a break and, and do something else to kind of get your juices flowing. And I think that that's, it was really cool to see how they really catered to that type of environment. Yeah. yeah. It, speaking of employees and communication to crews, they have that screen that's in the break area that shares things that are going on with the employees. So it, it celebrates things. It, it, it's kind of this, um, it's like a electronic sharing board, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And, and it helps them communicate what's going on, but it also 
you know, if you're standing at your machine, you're not exactly talking to the other person and knowing what's going on. It helps the employees get to to feel like that family because right. the cruise is, uh, well, so many of these companies are about family. Right. They're really good at harnessing that culture. They really were. I, th- I think another clue to culture, I, I saw at Soma Tool, um, did, did you, uh, have you used the, the, the cup they gave you yet? Have you used the Soma oh, cup, the, the microwaveable, microwaveable one? drink cup? No, not yet. No. I'm hiding it from my husband. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I I thought that the genesis of that cup was, I mean, like, we've all got cups. Who needs another cup? And you want to have a cup because it puts your brand in front of the person, and they're using it every day, and they associate it's got a warm drink, it's a cold drink. You get you you build this bond with this logo or whatever. But that's not the thinking at all about the Soma cup. The manufacturing team at Soma said, we're using way too many of these styrofoam cups. Get us a cup we can use for our coffee that doesn't fill the landfills. And, of course, the problem is you need to microwave that once in a while. And they actually got a cup that could be used for cold, could be used for warm, but it was microwave safe. And it was employee-driven. Employee and employees, you know, they delivered it. And, I mean, that's that's culture. Listen to your employee needs. Yeah, absolutely. Deliver. And now we get to benefit. They deliver. We deliver. It's, it's just, you know, <laughs> culture delivers. Culture yeah. does deliver. We got to see that up and down the whole mastery trip, that culture brings real value to organizations. And every one of these different companies had a unique culture it was uniquely them and that's what really brought the value out and it's just amazing how that translates directly into the business and the bottom line but that wasn't the main goal it was the we're driving the culture forward and the value of the culture that goodwill to the customer and the goodwill to the community all the stakeholders was really coming back to them and that was really incredible Ultimately, David, I think culture is the only differentiator between our shops. We can all buy the same machine tools. We can all pretty much buy the same tools. (laughs) We can buy the same collets. We can buy the same fixturing. We are going to work to the same requirements of a quality system. What's the difference? The difference is the value that's added by our people. And our people only add value in accordance with our culture. And if our culture is letting them get away with shoddy workmanship or checking every other part instead of every part or just, you know, being being lackadaisical, that's a totally different deliver, deliverable and customer experience than the shops we saw where uh, everyone was absolutely focused on compliance and customer delight. That wraps up today's podcast on culture in our shops. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can find our knowledge centers filled with articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources for precision machining. Yes, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss one. Plus, check out our Speaking of Suppliers podcast, where we talk to PMPA technical members and learn about how they can help our shops. If you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org 
to learn how we can help you thrive. And why is a PMPA membership important? Cardly and David, because, because we, we are, are better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision.